consistent self-improvement everybody you are now listening to american gypsy podcast i'm your host classic and i'm here with my co-host gypsy and today we have special guest jen Jano. she is the host of shit you don't want to talk about podcast which is one of the most creative names for a podcast i love it uh welcome to the show welcome Thank you. Thank you. I am so excited to be here and I love your show. So I am just grateful to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. We appreciate you coming on. So to get started, tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you kind of, or where you are now and how you got into podcasting. Whew. That is, you didn't know it, but that's a pretty, pretty in-depth answer I grew up all over the U.S., so in short, I went Arizona, Idaho, Colorado, Arizona, Indiana, Arizona, and I am now in Denver, Colorado again, well, a suburb, and that, that answers where I'm from. I only say it that way because so many different parts of the U.S. really influenced who I am today, so it's hard to just say hey, till I was the age of eight, I was in Arizona, then till the age of 18, you know, Idaho, because you still grow after you turn 18 or become, I say a quote unquote adult because I turned 34 tomorrow and I'm like, okay, am I an adult? Like I I know by age I'm an adult, but I'm not sure if I'm like, feel like I'm an adult. So I- Well, early happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I got into podcasting actually a very uh, interesting way. We'll go with that as the adverb or verb to describe it. I have a very, very toxic father. He is a narcissist. He is gaslights. He is basically what I like to call a failed con artist, meaning that we moved around from small town to small town where he would get started at a company. And then within six months, they would fire him because they would realize he didn't know what he said he knew. Mm -hmm. And he caused a lot of turmoil in our family. Yet I grew up thinking that if I did X, my dad would love me more. If I did this, I could get his love. I'm just not enough. Mm-hmm. And there was one stint in high school after my parents divorced that I lived with him. And I wish I listened to myself then because I moved out for a reason. But at the age of 25, I listened to him again. And I, he always said, Jen, if you move in with me, I'll help pay for school. And school was not something that I could uh, afford. I was working full time and was still barely getting by. And so a totally different story with where I was working there caused me to quit very abruptly after six and a half years. So I was like, hey, dad, uh, I'm going to move to Indiana. (laughs) I had never been there. It was uh, Northwest Indiana. So it's about an hour and a half outside of Chicago. And I moved out there and between all of the lies just showing up, I ended up going almost filing bankruptcy because he didn't keep up his end of the deal and I just kind of had to wing it. 
So I went into collections for everything. I It was very, very not awesome experience, yet human. it taught me a great lesson. Yeah. And that was when Robin Williams died. He mm. was on a podcast. I didn't even know what podcasts were at this point. It's 2013, 2014. And my dad's like, you should start a podcast. You love Robin Williams. You love mental health. You should start a podcast. And I did. I By 2016, I ended up launching my first podcast. It was called Greater Than. Um, my co-host was in D.C. And by that time, I was in uh, Arizona. So we did it uh, via Skype before it was cool. <laughs> so before, like now we're doing it virtually but back then nobody like knew like about Skype zoom was... or skype or yeah. anything <laughs> mm. so it was it was lessons learned from that podcast called greater than and we talked about homelessness sex trafficking disabilities uh, racism uh the caste system in india um what it is like to be traveling as a black man throughout the rest of the world. That was one guest we had. I absolutely loved him. Racial biases. We talked about the shit you don't want to talk about. Yeah. And that is how I came up with the title for the new show. Because I never thought I could start my own show. I never thought I was worth it. That was something I had struggled with for so long and being able to finally start this show is starting to change the stigma behind mental health, behind all these really hard topics that we don't talk about and how to start having these conversations openly and changing shit you don't want to talk about into shit to talk about, which is purposely why that's our website name, why that is all of our social media names, why that's my company name, because it is so important for us to start having these conversations. Yes, I agree. Reading through your bio, like you went through a lot of stuff and you on purpose kind of talk about really hard topics. Is that triggering for you or is it therapeutic for you to get um, some of your experiences out there? Great question. It is definitely something that, can be triggering and that's something that I've had to learn as a host like how to navigate when I ask a question or have a guest that uh, actually later in a week or two I'm going to be a guest on uh, for the second half on another podcast because they want me to come on and talk about rape Mm -hmm. and I am going uh, well, yeah, that happened. Um, you want me to talk about that? So that's going to be cool. Yet I am that person that's like, you know, jumping out of a plane seems terrifying. I'm going to go jump out of a plane. Mm-hmm. And I went skydiving because, you know, that's where my logic goes. So I lean into those triggers quite a bit. When it comes to publicly or people that are basically not my significant other, where my triggers personally show up most 
are in my relationship with Tyler because a majority of the trauma I went through happened with the people that I trusted the most. Mm. So he ends up dealing with me working through a lot of my triggers and a lot of my trauma instead of the general public or my therapist or, you know, a friend, because yes, they do happen. Believe me, I have broke down crying at work before yet. It's when I spill a cup of milk that I go, I freak out that the world is doomed. I'm not anything. Nothing is going to work. Literally the world is going to explode. And somehow I caused it all, which logically doesn't make any sense. None of this makes sense. Yet that's where my trigger will show up. If I get triggered from a guest majority of the time, Mm -hmm. yet it is something that I think so many of us have to learn. Like how do our triggers show up? And do we lean into them or do we get a therapist to work through them? Or do we have to accept ourselves as we are and be curious about it yet go, yo, I'm not ready for that. I'm just going to leave that on the shelf for later because I need to work on the present right now. Have you um, ever had therapy? Yes. Yes. I have had both spectrums of the therapist of my mother. So my dad was physically abusive and emotionally abusive to my mother. He did classic narcissist and gaslighting uh, things such as he isolated her from everyone. Absolutely. Everyone. I was the sole human left in my mom's world. Like for example, my uh, father's stepmother has a cabin here in Colorado and he would tell my grandmother, Hey, my mom and I can't go because they don't want to, they don't like the cabin. They don't like the outdoors. They don't like the side of the family. They hate you and vice versa. He would tell my mom and I, your grandparents hate you. They don't want you at the cabin. It's not friend." Uh, children friendly. So he started creating all of these rifts that when it was just me and my mom, when he left us, when I was 12, he wiped my mom's bank accounts. Like my mom had to work extremely hard and she is such an incredible human overcoming what my dad went, put her through. Yet it's taken time in the fact that, especially when my dad left, all of her anger and hurt and not knowing what to do because she was so isolated turned on me where she Mm -hmm. became very physically and emotionally abusive with examples such as I'm the reason that they got divorced. I'm the reason that my dad left. I'm the reason my mom has to work so much because I cost so much. Um, There were other things like, I'm fat and I'm ugly and I'm a slut and like, I don't deserve to go to school. I don't deserve to basically you name something cool. I don't deserve to do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I mention all of those because during their divorce, my dad, the master manipulator 
made it so my mom and I had to go to therapy and the therapist didn't believe me. I was petting and he didn't care. I told him about how abusive my mother was. He didn't care. He told me I was making it all up. I went to the police station. I ran away to the police station to try to get help. And they gave me back to my parents. I had told multiple, I personally am not religious. Uh, It is something that I'll probably be battling with my entire life. Yet I would tell people in the church what was going on and they didn't care. It was a blind eye. I grew up in a, when this was all happening, it was a smaller town. So my mom had a, a lot of clout. And my dad was great at manipulating people, but these were all people that weren't around him enough to know the real him. Mm-hmm. That I literally had nowhere to go. And that was my first real experience with therapy. And in 2020, I had a craniotomy. So picture assists like, yeah, this big, like size of a golf ball, size of a mm. golf ball. That's what we'll go with. I have multiple arachnoid cysts on my brain. I was born with it. Um, my mom would had me have uh, MRIs when I was a kid. And because my skull actually formed around it, one of them, which is very abnormal. Normally, you're, they do not cause your skull to restructure. So they were like, eh, arachnoid cysts, those are normal. Don't worry about it. She'll grow out of them. So fast forward, actually 30 years, I think exactly 30 years. That's a little creepy, but (laughs) I would get pressure headaches where I would have to press my hands so hard and see if it would help. Or I would wrap a bandana around my head and tie it so tight to make the pressure go away, but it would suffocate the rest of my head that I had to take it off because it was causing other pain. Mm. Or I would lay down and put like books upon books on my head, basically anything heavy to Mm. make pressure on my right temple. Mm. And there was even a time where I was driving and luckily my sister just started working with me um, because she knew I was so stressed out. She needed a job. So she was like, I'll contract there and help you out. So she was staying with me so she could, while we went to work and my vision went completely blurry and the pain came on. And it was because of one of these arachnoid cysts and I had to have a craniotomy for it. So they created like a, a tunnel, like, It's basically a scar tunnel is the best way to say it because they can't permanently drain it. It's always going to cause fluid. But if they create like a tunnel to an area that already has brain fluid, it's like, cool, I'm going to be a lake going into the ocean. Done. I'm like, you guys created a river. Great. Thanks. Cool. Yet on the right side of your brain, this is where all your long-term memories are. Mm -hmm. Everything I thought I worked through Everything that I went to multiple self-development courses, I became suicidal again. I would go to a crowd. I, I planned a, I was working at a production company at the time. 
I planned a huge event of my best friend's uh, coffee company needed content and I knew videographers. So I was, I got the coffee trucks and the market that they would uh, go to on Saturdays to get a ton of people to show up, to have us have the content to rehearse, to be able to get them amazing content. Like literally all of these people are my best friends. Like these, this is my jam. This is my community. And they all showed up and I'm there and I go, I have no one to orbit around. Like I don't have anyone to, to, that's my safety because they're all busy. They're all getting different shots. They're all, you know, step-ins and I'm just there. And I walk away just bawling because I was like, I'm here and I'm worthless. That's where I'm at. And I'm like, what do you, how does that make sense? I planned all of this in three days. This is like normally like a $50,000 set. And I got it for win-win for both companies for free. All my friends showed up for free. Like, why am I so upset? And that made me find out that I never dealt as deeply with my mental health as I thought I did. I always thought I did. I always posted about like, any anxiety I had, it's always been a passion, yet that event made me start going to a psychiatrist and I started going, okay, you guys are telling me I'm bipolar type two and ADHD and anxiety and depression. And I started getting all my medications, which did help, yet I didn't start going to therapy yet. And so I started what's called EMDR. It's eye movement desensitization repetition. I really need to put this like on a sticky note on my computer because I never remember what it stands for. Never heard of it. And it's helped me so much in the last year. And because my craniotomy was November of 2020, I started therapy in... June of 2021 and going through all of this made me start shit you don't want to talk about in November 2021. Mm-hmm. I know I just told you guys a lot. <laughs> yeah, <that's good. laughs> How did you, so, as far as uh, what were some of the things that I guess even that, that you used to kind of help you to stay grounded in those moments when you had that, I guess you could say imposter syndrome or um, frustrating moments. What, what do you feel helped you kind of the most? I would say all the tools in my toolbox can't always help. I, I say that because one of the biggest things that helped me is thinking about your five senses So if I'm going into a panic attack, going, okay, what is something I can see? What is something I can smell? What is something I can touch? What is something I can taste? And what is something I can hear? And saying that loud because it it helps you become more in the moment, which will, anxiety is normally very future-based of a what if, not always 
what is currently happening. And that does help. I do mention that my tools don't always help because my deep breathing doesn't always help. The five senses doesn't always help. What helps keep me safe, and this is something that I didn't always have and something that has taken time to develop is Tyler, my partner, we've been together um, about four and a half years. He always made me promise that if anything happened, no matter what happened, I have to tell him. Don't ask me why it's like still like ingrained in my brain, but he got it there. And I'm so grateful because when we get in really bad fights, which I mean, all couples get in fights, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm the one that will leave. I'll turn off my phone and leave. And he'll call me nonstop when I turn on my phone. I'll have multiple voicemails. And he's like, I just need to make sure you're okay and come back home. I know you're mad at me. We don't have to talk about it. I just need to make sure you're not going to harm yourself. Because he knows that I turn it inward. He knows no matter how many good days I have, I talk about this on the podcast that If something hits me hard enough, it's hard not to return to patterns that I know. It's hard not to blame myself. It's hard not to go back to um, the episode that I just listened to. uh, 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 Is it Maka? Makta. Makta. Absolutely beautiful episode. And I loved her episode. And something that she mentioned was being told as a young child that you can do anything. And I was like, that is so beautiful. And I wish everybody had that. Yet there are times where I, um, I was always told from a little kid during solitary confinement that I could never do anything. And yes, logically now I totally know I can, I got this. Like, you know, you give it to me. I like, I'll do it. Yet. (laughs) there are going to be downward spirals where I feel like it's my fault. I feel like I can't do anything. And I feel like I'm never going to make an impact on this world. So why am I here? I'm just harming people. And thank God for Tyler, because telling him no matter how big the fight, he helps get me out of this. He's gone to therapy sessions to ask them, how do you get out of this shit? Because like as a partner, supporting this shit is hard. So how do you get out of this? And he'll, he's probably the most magical human I've ever met. And one thing I do want to mention too, is as someone supporting people with mental health challenges is no matter what happens to them, no matter what choices they make, it is not your responsibility. It is not your fault. It is not anything you can control. I say that because I have lost friends to suicide. We have had so many horrible massacres in the U.S. And there is a big difference between stupid white supremacists that are racist fucks And then there's, you know, people that never got the mental health. And 
it's very hard to support people who are even working through it because you can never quite know in what's going to work for everyone. It's not a one size fits all. It's going to your therapist, like you asked earlier, uh, to learn tools in your toolbox. It's listening to podcasts like these. I love how you've asked questions about, well, how did you get through this? And how would you handle this on your different guests? And I'm just like, dude, that like listening to it makes me go, oh, I should try that next time I'm in a similar situation. So I don't go to old patterns that I'm currently dealing with. Yeah. I appreciate you for saying that you get that from the podcast. And that's one of the things that we hope that people do get those little things or those big things from the podcast that we like to share. It's, I think that's something that is so cool about your podcast is, and in like our learning <coughs> as humans learn in general is putting the content out. It doesn't matter who, how many people have the content out, you know, each person is going to say it a little different. Like yeah. I have a podcast. I talk about random shit and people could be like, you guys kind of have a similar podcast or mine's kind of like yours, but the way you two say it and the way you two ask questions is going to be completely different to the way that I do. And it takes us as humans to hear it multiple times, to do it multiple times from different avenues. And I think that's such a beautiful part of your podcast. And I definitely need to get some swag. Like just, <laughs> I need to go buy some, like I'm currently like getting the podcast off the ground, entrepreneurship, like I'm jobless. You guys know how that can suck and also be amazing. So when I get a job someday or more money on the podcast, I'm buying some swag and I'm really excited. We appreciate that. <laughs> we appreciate it. It actually yeah. helps me. I, um, I used to smoke um, cigarettes and I used to feel weird smoking cigarettes with the shirt on. <laughs> like people are looking at me like, I don't know. So it's always <laughs> like a reminder <laughs> like to tell people, you know, it's, yeah, and it is something I'm proud of, and I don't we don't bring it up en enough. But yeah, it's a, an accomplishment that a lot of people can't break, as far as even dealing with stopping to break cigarettes. You know, so even it, like I said, helps me. I feel bad that I'm not the the gym junkie that I want to be sometime when I even wear it. But it is definitely a reminder of you got you know grateful to be alive. You have one more day. And, you know, consistent self-improvement every day in every way, you know, one day at a time. I think that's a beautiful part about it because constant improvement means accepting our, in, in my head, it means accepting us where we're at because I know for myself, I may have worked out for the day, which is great. And that's what I'm supposed to do, but I'm still going to get that cheeseburger, like that cheeseburger and fries, or as <laughs> I oddly order, I always get fries in a salad because I want to eat the shit out of the fries. I also just love salad, yeah. but they cancel each other out. And I'm like, you know, I'm doing better than last week. Cause I actually worked out this week, you know, but you're conscious so of it, it as well. Yeah. And it's a lot of going, okay, constant is like just accepting where we're at and going, okay, thank you for what we did today. We did it. And now we're going to grow and we're going to continue yeah. and accept ourselves for who we are. Yeah. And there's always room to get better. 
So I'd like to ask, what were some of your childhood dreams? Uh, I feel like I should like warn people of like a disclaimer. Any question <laughs> you have is going to be like a way more complex answer than planned. Um, we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate right? that other than just, you know, uh, you know, I want to be a firefighter. And then leave it there, <laughs> you know? so, I, I will say there was a point that I wish I was a ballerina. Like my parents actually got me a book with my name in it. I think I still have it to this day. I really hope I do where it like talks about uh, Jenny becoming a ballerina and being on stage and winning the bouquet. Um, So that was definitely something that was a dream, but in all honesty, my dreams as a child was just getting through shit. Mm. Like I went to solitary confinement and we, moved to another area when I was eight and I wasn't locked in my room anymore, but then my cousin's sexual abuse started. So it was better than where I was, uh, but it's not great. And then at the age of 10, I moved to a new area and I was away from my cousins. There was no solitary confinement, but when my parents came home, I was constantly in trouble and would get the breadboard on my ass till I bled because X, Y, Z didn't get done. So it's better than, than abuse, sexual abuse. It's better than solitary confinement, but I'm still going through all this shit. Then my dad left. So that abuse stopped. I'm 12 and cool. All that shit's gone. But now I'm working on my mom's having to work constantly I'm still like getting in trouble for stuff and backhanded and punched and pushed into shit, but my dad's gone. So there's more happier moments. Mm -hmm. Age of 14 rolls around and I start to realize I can be promiscuous to feel loved. So, you know, I have more freedom. Yeah. I'm trying to find love in all the wrong places. I also have a lot more freedom and I'm starting to realize and it's starting to hit me of how much I was being told how incredibly horrible of a human I was that I started really having self-harm tendencies due to wanting to get out of myself, give myself that pain. If, if that's what I'm being told, then I deserve all of this pain is what I told myself. Um, and then suicide attempts happened. My, one of my best friends died. I was raped. I dropped out of high school. I became homeless. I got married. I got divorced. And that takes me up till my twenties. So there aren't, a, there, there's not a lot of time to dream. Mm. It was literally just quite the nightmare. survive, but I have happy memories. I have friends to, I call them my sisters um, because I'm an only child, but these two women are my sisters. They're both such incredible mothers too. I'm never going to have kids. So like, I like being Auntie Jen. It's great. <laughs> Auntie Jen is good. I like spoiling the kids and then leaving. Uh, and Kat, I met when our mothers were friends when I was in the womb and 
when my dad would have pool parties, when I was locked away in my room, she would come around the side of the house and talk to me through the window. We're still best friends to this day. Like I absolutely love this human. And Amory, I met in seventh grade and her and I have been through some crazy shit, but she knew how I would get in trouble if the house wasn't absolutely spotless when my parents got home and she would sneak into the house and help me clean, which is crazy because who does that? First off, I'm a horrible cleaner. So no one will ever hire me to this day as a house cleaner. Um, She actually is a house cleaner at a hospital. Like she knows her jam and she loves it. So she would sneak into my house and help me clean. And really funny, there was a time that my dad came home early from work and she had to step behind a door to hide from him. Like he came into the room and she's behind the door and he goes to the bathroom and she sneaks out the back door and he hears me open the door and he's like, what are you doing? Why are you going outside? I'm like, I'm letting the cat out because we had a cat (laughs) and she would park her bike behind the garage and uh, then ride it off through the alley. So he had no idea, but it's, it's those two that bring the light memories. They're the ones who made life worth living throughout all of this shit. So your, what is your opinion now? kind of based on spirituality and religion or with as an adult today mm. I would say the term god means something different to everyone and that spirit spirituality see if i can talk is so unique to each individual that it's a beautiful thing that as human beings, yes, there is so much hate in the world and so many fights over religion that tear so many people apart, yet we're learning to be more open to each other's religions and each other's views. I grew up LDS. I have a lot of problems with the religion, which I won't get into. Um, I'll just end up going on a downward spiral. Yet I was so anti-religion until I was sent to Europe for work for three months. And I spent time in Peru and learning Like in Peru, learning about how Catholicism came in and colonialized Peru, yet they're still, yes, there are very, very many Catholics and it is a very, very prominent religion in Peru. They still have their original uh, religions and cultures and practices, yet I find that so beautiful, yet at the same time, I think it's very terrifying when we force religion on others, because like from at least what I learned while I was in Peru is their indigenous um, languages are starting to 
to go away because they're no longer being taught because Catholicism is taking over. And I say that because when I go in, when I went to, to the UK and throughout all of Europe, I went to Germany, I went to Bulgaria, I went to Romania, to France, to Greece, like they have some of the most ancient, beautiful uh, worship areas. Like they have the, in uh, Athens, in Greece, they have so many of the um, structures that were built. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I'm like, I'm totally spacing all of their names. Um, and some of the greatest churches in the world are in Europe. And it was something that has made it a lot easier to deal with religion for myself and spirituality is colonialism started with Catholicism and has had many roots on man just wanting power and going, knowing that as part A, and then knowing that I know so many humans that are Christians, that are religious, that are, you know, they're not in it for the power makes me go, okay, cool. Basically some douchebags wanted everybody to follow them. And then there's a lot of really good people that do. So there's gotta be some sort of truth somewhere like <laughs> I don't think everybody's going to be sheeples you know uh, and the same with other religions like I have met many many Muslims that are some of the kindest people that I've met where I've had an interest in reading the Quran or a question about it and they'll be like yo ask me whenever or let me know if you have questions and like asking someone where why they're wearing a hijab. Like, or I have multiple women that are Muslim that are my friends that some wear a hijab that covers absolutely everything. Some wear a hijab that only covers half of their head. Like their clothing is so different and they're open with me asking them questions why. And there are Jewish people that let me ask more about like the upbringing and, you know, more about Hanukkah or their other holidays. And I think it is so beautiful and brings community to us. And if that's what gives somebody a higher power, if that's what brings somebody hope that there's going to be a greater thing in the world, why disrupt it? Because it's different than my view. It's yeah. That's my view on religion. Yeah, and that's you know a, a good point of view to have an understanding. You're open, I guess. With you know, and that's for us. We're not. I'm more spiritual than religious, even though I grew up in um, the Christian church. But when you know, be to be more open minded, or even just to wonder, have the freedom, you know, to not be stuck in one in particular religion. And like you say, for yourself, you're able to look at it from a student point of view and ask about each religion without any type of judgment, more just with a, a learning, you know, sense. And that's a lot of people can't do that. Some, you know, religious people, or you could say some Christians, they don't want to learn more about what's going on in the Muslim religion or in any other religion. They just more focus on 
you know, Christianity. And mm-hmm. sometimes that creates um, almost kind of like a, a, a biased view towards other religions. But spirituality is, you know, of course, that's overall, you're working with your heart. You know, you're you just overall, you're vibrating off love. And, you you know, you know the difference between, you know, good and, and, and bad. And, you know, you can feel it. So, yeah, And I feel like they're all trying to interpret the same thing differently um, at the end of the day because it's. Some of them, not all of them. Because well, a lot of so. religion is very responsible for a lot more war and death than I yeah. was just anything. thinking that that yes. uh, that talking about like Catholicism and how it called it caused colonialism and yeah. so much religion has caused hate and mm-hmm. caused racism and has caused uh I don't know what it is. Religiousism? Religiousism? Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's we'll, a thing. We'll, but we'll uh, take it. <laughs> um, that it's it's like it shows up in politics. It shows up in church. It shows up in, you know, companies fighting for the same space. And it's like, cool, bro. Like, there is enough space for you to you, do you. You can be the best human possibly do you over there? I can still be the best human, and there's space for both of us. So why can't we like all figure that out and yeah. be friends? Yeah, and we should be able to. Yeah. You have a question? Um, no, I guess I, I want to open it up to if you have any questions for us. Because yeah, we can get into the, the I guess podcast wise and kind of crank up from 2020. How has things been, your experience been since 2020 and having the podcast and what are some of the challenges that you face with, with it? Great question. I would say having a podcast and entrepreneurial spirit and I am very fortunate that the tech world makes enough sense to me that I get hired at very, very techie companies without fully understanding what they're about, but they keep hiring me, which is cool. Yet it can almost, you could almost say that it completely clashes with the podcast because my biggest thing as a human is I love human connection. Like I have such a curiosity about humans and love connecting to humans together. Like, Hey, you kind of like pizza. Well, this person likes pizza and you like the same pizza. So you guys should be friends because <laughs> that's just going to be fucking amazing. Like you guys are friends. And it's something that shows up in whatever job I've had. I've had been in sales. I've been in leadership. I've been in project management. I've been in training and I like them all because they create human connection Yet it's not a hundred percent my passion where the podcast is like, I can put in so much work and so many hours and I absolutely love talking about this shit. That's the best way I can say it is talking about shitty topics is like, <laughs> that is honestly my passion. 
literally we do have an episode about gut health where we talk about shit like the literally mm. poop. <laughs> That's um, important. <laughs> but it's it's because talking about these really difficult conversations help us connect more as humans mm. and our shame and our guilt and our isolation even before covid that's how we all functioned if you think about the quote unquote perfect 50s family you know two kids mom staying at home dad's working and never home and probably an alcoholic jimmy and jane are out doing stuff and god forbid jane gets pregnant at 16 the world's gonna die so it's talking about that stuff because this shit happens why do we have to shame Jane for wanting to be a sexual human? Why do we have to shame Jimmy if he wants to, you know, he wants to identify as non-binary or if he's gay? Why do we have to have dad work nonstop when mom wants to do fucking makeup and show up in the world and be an entrepreneurial boss? Like, we put so many stigmas on people and we never, never talk about it. Like I in a million gajillion years. And I think this is something that I love the most about the podcast is talking to people that I, I can never imagine somebody else's experience. You know, none of us can, but in a weird way, I love bus chucking myself to ask, the guest why is this question bad why is this um like uh, for example something that i've asked before why is saying why is saying i'm colorblind to the differences between different races why is that bad letting myself bus check because people need to fucking change and so many people are afraid of changing. So why not use what privilege I've been had? And if I can captivate people to listen, to start opening their mindset, because we all have so many differences that we really need to hone in on that. And our differences are so fucking beautiful. Like they are what makes us so amazing just how we talked about that your podcast may talk about the same topic I talk about but people may click more with the two of you because it comes with two different hosts your ideas your backgrounds are beautiful and different and that's what makes it so important and that's been the beauty of starting the podcast is I knew that at the beginning but I was like hey should I do this I don't know if I should do this like I feel like nobody's gonna listen if I do this like this is cool I'm really scared nobody's ever gonna listen (laughs) and now it's like yo listen because this shit's important and it was so crazy one of the things that I hired a marketing team because I don't know anything about marketing um I hate it with a passion okay caveat I do know stuff about marketing. I've actually worked in multiple marketing departments, but it's not something I enjoy and really clicks doing it for myself. So they were like, hey, Jen, you're like, you're into activism. You're an activist. And I'm like, I'm a what? They're like, you're an activist for change. And I'm like, I am. What? (laughs) What are you talking about? And then it started to sink in that I'm so passionate about seeing this change. 
about showing our differences as beauties, showing our scars as our triumphs, showing our sorrows and knowing we're not alone as something that's really going to help us all be closer to one another, even when we just meet. And as the podcast has gone on, that's something that I've started becoming more in myself because we each have like our own, like, I guess you could go on spirituality with this, but I feel like we do all have a frequency. It doesn't mean if you're religious or not religious, Mm -hmm. but if you're like more aligned with who you're meant to be, it's like the world's like, cool, I'm going to send more shit your way that's meant to be happening. Yeah, you're going to have a ton of challenges, but you're just going to know, like, you're going to meet more of the right people. You're going to have more of these opportunities. At the same time, you may also have way more struggles. I do not want to, like, miss on that. <laughs> and it's where I started learning that more and more since I started the podcast that I love my purple hair. I love sequence. It's a little crazy and a little much, but I love it because I love being able to bust Chuck myself so other people can learn about the conversations they don't want to talk about. Did it take time for you to build that courage to kind of bring all of yourself to um, to the podcast, I guess? Because personally, sometimes I feel like I hold back on certain things and of course I'm just starting out. So I'm still kind of um, building the courage, I guess, to bring all of me to the table, but did it take you time to kind of, I know you deal a lot with difficult topics and things like that. Um, Did you build the courage over time to, I guess, to talk? Or did you just come straight out like boom? Like you said, I love sequins and I love purple hair and whatever, you know, just say whatever you want to say and things like that. Like, did it take time or was it just, you know, you did the podcast because you felt confident enough from From day one, you knew that, all right, I'm just going to, this is what it is. No, no, a hundred percent. Like I had imposter syndrome coming on your guys' show because I like admire you two so much. I, I know I reached out to you guys and I'm like, they actually want me on their show and like listening to some of the guests you've had too i'm just like they're doing so much cool stuff and they want me on their show (laughs) what and that that still happens where i had a doctor doctor on my show meaning he had an md and a phd and i'm like what you're on my show? <laughs> yeah, I've had that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and that still happens. That honestly, yeah. yes, I knew more than anything I wanted to do this podcast, and I've pushed myself as much as I knew how at the time to be myself because I have to remind myself that if I'm not 100% myself, I'm not going to be, it's not going to be the best it can be for the guest and for the audience and from day one and it still happens now that I get stuck in my head I go oh god did I fuck that up did I and I edit them all myself and I hate listening to myself I it's taken me time to go 
okay, Jen, you've, you've gained weight. It's okay. It's okay. Like you've been going through a lot of stressful shit, but like, what are you doing to make your, yourself healthier? No matter what the weight, if you're going to stay that weight, that's cool. What are you doing to make yourself healthier? That stuff comes to mind a lot because I know for myself getting on stage, talking to an audience, if I want to see change in other people and I want to be an advocate for that change, I have to present myself as best as possible, which is not always dolled up and ready with sequence. A lot of times it's me showing up in a hot top button and going, yo, let's record this shit. We got this. (laughs) Or me rescheduling twice because of life or health issues. Or there was one guest that it took four months to get her on the show because we both had to reschedule for each other. It's letting go of, I really didn't like that person that applied and I don't know if I want them on the show and what do I tell them? It's so in a nutshell, no, no, I still struggle with it. I still (laughs) struggle being a hundred percent on point me. And it's a practice of going, it's okay to be me. It's okay to show up as myself. And yeah, if I fuck up, I'll learn from it. Yeah. But it's a daily practice, I guess you could say. Consistent self-improvement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now you know why I want your swag. <laughs> Possibly on a sequence shirt. I'm just saying. Like, I'm going to be it. I have to work it out. I'm going to go a little off topic and I want to ask you about the little plant back there next to the light. The bamboo. It- What's, oh, the bamboo. Is that, that's what that is? That is what it is. Okay. It's, how, uh, how long have you had that? I love the questions you ask because you never know. Again, I should really put this as a caveat to people. <laughs> that shit has a story. Uh, so I decided I was in sales and leadership sales for, gosh, probably 12 years where I was like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to become a videographer intern because I want to do this human connection thing. And well, let's just say that was not a great move. Yet I learned a ton (laughs) because in 2019, in October, 2019, I started full time at a production company And I was making a quarter of what I've made since I was like 19. And I was treated like shit. My boss was a narcissist. They would, uh, I would, because of COVID, we ended up doing the digital conferences uh, to, because we couldn't do in-person production. And I was the only one with tech experience. So I ran the account management, helped the client plan the event, helped the web developer game plan how we're going to make the system do what they were promised. Because my boss, even though I would tell the client this is not possible, my boss would straight up lie to them and tell them it was. And which there was a deadline of we needed to do a conference 
in different trans in different languages because it was a global conference and my boss said it was hospital uh possible and the day of it was like literally the shittiest thing the client was outrageous at it because my boss was too afraid to say yo we can totally do it but it's going to be a seven next uh another seven grand so i'm making basically minimum wage i'm constantly being like told i'm crazy because my boss keeps telling the client shit that we can't actually do yeah i'm the one in charge of planning it putting on the event like we had a production crew and they were amazing like who would actually run the day of Yet I'm still in charge of the client and all of the breakout rooms and everything that, so like I'm in charge of all of this. And then, and then I would spend like 24 hours being up because we would have a conference in Korea and then we would have a conference in New York. And I was the only one that knew how to do it all. So I mentioned earlier that my sister came in and helped me go to work and work with me. That was there. Uh, it was when I was having the insane headaches. When I would have the migraines, I used to get into yelling matches with my boss of saying, I deserve to make at least 100K with the shit I have to put up with. Like, I've never gotten in screaming matches with the boss before, but we literally would get in screaming matches with each other. And she was very gaslighting and narcissistic because... She would do so much shit, yet when she would show up, she'd be like, oh, well, I made time specifically for you today. No, she didn't. <laughs> like, it's a it's a way of manipulating someone. I should have known because every meeting they had, I had just to get the internship, she'd move while I was sitting in the office waiting for her for the appointment. Like, I should have fucking known, but I didn't. Mm. Anyway, all of that is to say, there's some weird thing that says for a bamboo to be lucky, you can't buy it for yourself. Mm. And she bought that for me. Mm. The boss that was an absolute shit show. One of the worst jobs I've ever had yet. I learned so much that helps me in every single job I've had since it helps me with the podcast. It helps me with the API meetup in Denver that I help out with. It helps me with every job I've had that I go I am so proud of the growth I've had and that bamboo shows it because a it's been the first plan I've been able to keep alive ever. <laughs> and I've had it for almost three years now, two years, two years, it's 2022. I, two I years. wanted to ask, has it grown much? Yes. So it's almost touching South Africa, the bottom of South Africa. Okay. And I, I don't know if you guys can see that. I can see me... it. I think yeah, I can see okay. it. Yeah. Okay, that 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 uh, you can't see the full map, and it used to be uh, about where the stocks are. That was it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I have one. Well, we have one that we've had for a few years, but I'm starting to see the mu- the most growth this year. Ah. Okay. And it's weird. Yeah. But this and spring, how, it started. You know, I'm blossoming. curious. And how have you seen the growth in your relationship and your business in the last year? Well, I could well no, I could say maybe. Well, we've always seen growth and things. That's why the podcast yeah. is here now. Yeah. But uh, since but then, he felt like in the last six months or since spring, it has like 
it started really growing. Skyrocketed. Right. Yeah. Uh, just a lot faster than, because I feel like it was kind of, you know, it was growing a little bit, but there weren't a lot of leaves popping up over the past two years. And now there's like Ooh. a little stem coming out of the side of it. You know, a lot more leaves are uh, blossom, blossoming. And yeah. I call it were, money tree. That's what I, I didn't yeah, know why I called it the money, it tree. money tree. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what I call it. We bought full grown money trees because I thought they were so cool and they died. They died very quickly. They so got a bug. A thing. Okay. Literally. But uh, I, I try to keep track of like what plants our pets can be around because I found out the hard way that calla lilies used to be my absolutely favorite flower and I had a cat that decided to eat them <laughs> and he passed cats. away yeah. oh man yeah. yeah so now I try to pay so bamboo and money trees that's why I talk about it mm-hmm. are safe yeah okay well it's been an amazing conversation and yeah. we've really enjoyed the positive energy you've given to us today um, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast before we getting ready to close out could you um, leave the audience with um, any information like uh, where they can find your links and different things like that definitely and thank you for having me on the show today to reach us on any social media platform so tiktok instagram facebook twitter and y'all can totally follow us on twitter and make fun of me trying to tweet because you'll see a huge difference from marketing tweeting stuff and me tweeting stuff, but I'm getting the hang of it. Uh, it's shit, the number two talk about. And that's also our website where you can check out all of our previous episodes, submit to be a guest. It's shit, the number two talk about.com. Okay. Nice. Well, we appreciate you and the positive energy and you sharing your story with us. If you're ever in L.A., definitely stop by for a live studio recording. Yes, we'd love to have you again. <laughs> I, I really want to. I was jealous because I was watching other episodes and I'm like, I want to be in studio. That looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're always looking at ways to move the studio around for different recordings and things like that. So, I love, love that you love two do you. this together. It is definitely you bring magic. Because you. you bounced so well off of each other. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's something we're still working on. Yeah. <laughs> I had my first um, interview, you may have seen, with the Iron Addicts Gym with Samson. And my first, well, one of the first interviews of I'm realizing she's not there, so I had to adjust. But she was still sitting on the side, so having to do the um, co-producing from behind the camera still. Lines. Yeah. <laughs> Even on camera and off camera, it's still the teamwork. I love that. Yeah. Well, for the listeners, you can find us at americangypsy.com and uh, you can find consistent self improvement merch at luamli.com. And we also have music under classic K L A C C I K C A R P E N T A. That's on Spotify, iTunes, Tidal, YouTube, and all major platforms. Thank you to our listeners, our viewers, our supporters, our donators, um, those that comment, share. We appreciate all of the support. Consistent self-improvement to everyone. And peace. peace.